0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, and that's especially true about the relationship you have with yourself. We often will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves that same treatment? Investing in your mental well-being with therapy is one of the most important things you can do for yourself, and that's why this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Therapy is a useful tool for anyone, no matter their walk of life. And with BetterHelp, you not only get the help you need, but the help you deserve. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Morning Cup of Murder listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Morning Cup. That's betterhel dot com slash Morning Cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, cetera, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird Morning. Cup of murder. If true crime has taught me anything, it's that not all medical professionals are out there to make sure they provide the best care possible. On March 14th, 2001, a woman was convicted for the crimes that she committed as a beloved nurse. A woman that, for one reason or another, used the lives of her patients to prove her worth in the medical field. And, according to some, put people in danger all to impress a man. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder.. Kristen Heather Gilbert, born Kristen Strickland on November 13, 1967, was the oldest of two daughters born to Richard and Claudia Strickland in Fall River, Massachusetts. By the time she was a teenager, Kristen, a gifted and intelligent young woman, had developed quite the reputation of lying and had a lengthy history of faking suicide attempts to manipulate people and had, since a very young age, made violent threats against others to get what she wanted. One of these suicide attempts, another fake according to the sources, landed her in psychiatric treatment required by the Bridgewater State College officials, and because of this, she transferred to Mount Wachusett Community College in Gardner, Massachusetts, and then to Greenfield Community College. She finally graduated from Greenfield and became a registered nurse in 1988, the same year she married a man named Glenn Gilbert, who together would help her bring two children into the world. The people who met Kristen throughout her younger life knew that something wasn't right with her, with reports being made that Kristen scalded a mentally handicapped child while working as their home health aide. But as the years went by and as her career progressed, it seemed like Kristen, now a wife, mother, working nurse, and beloved colleague, had left behind all the problems that had once plagued her life. At least, that's what it looked like from the outside. While outsiders saw the picture of a perfect family, Kristen saw life that wasn't up to her high standards. In 1989, Kristen joined the staff at Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Northampton and was even featured in the magazine VA Practitioner in April of 1990. And in addition to her successful career, Kristen also met Army veteran James G. Peralt, who worked as a security guard on the hospital's night shift. The two began a flirty relationship right around the time that the other nurses on staff started to notice the high number of deaths on Kristen's watch, which for one reason or another, they passed off and jokingly called her the Angel of Death. Flirting soon turned into an affair, and jokes soon turned into a full-blown concern when, over a seven-year span, it was estimated that Kristen Gilbert was on duty for half of her ward's 350 deaths. While things started to descend into madness at work, Kristen attempted to put an end to her rocky marriage by poisoning Glenn's home-cooked meals with a drug that would increase his frequency of peeing. As he grew sicker, His wife soon rushed him to the emergency room and when he became sick just a week later, took him to Cooley Dickinson Civilian Hospital where she inserted a syringe filled with, according to her, saline that, as soon as the plunger was pressed down, sent a cold chill through Glenn's arm. When he tried to pull away, she, quote, pinned him against the wall with her hip. When asked, Kristen said she wanted to take a blood sample from her husband so she could have it tested at the hospital where she worked still pretending to be the worried wife of a very sick man. When Glenn Gilbert was released from the hospital, Kristen left both him and their children to move in with James Peralt. Things at the hospital continued to decline, and in July of 1995, 66-year-old Stanley J. Jagadowski was admitted to the hospital for a post-operative bowel obstruction where he required only oral medication. A nurse later reported seeing Kristen Gilbert enter his room holding a syringe. She heard Stanley cry out in pain, and later that night, he went into full cardiac arrest and passed away. Despite seeing it with her own eyes, no one in the hospital could believe that the smart, beautiful, young, and accomplished nurse could be capable of murder. The patients, however, were not so convinced, with one veteran refusing treatment in her ward because, quote, people are dying around here for no reason. The patients are talking about it. The staff is talking about it. The staff is talking to the patients about it. His rant was simply written off as delusion, and Kristen remained free to do as she wished. The veteran died shortly thereafter. His attending nurse, Kristen Gilbert. Despite the fact that no one could fathom Kristen being a cold hearted murderer, facts were facts, and the records of deaths within the hospital were piling up in a way that no one could ignore any longer. An inquiry was officially filed by the nurses in February of 1996, who listed two deaths and a decrease in their supply of epinephrine as their cause of concern. From what they could figure, Kristen Gilbert, their beloved co-worker, would go into a patient's room and inject them with a massive dose of epinephrine, which is an untraceable heart stimulant. The patient would go into cardiac arrest. She would respond as quickly as possible to the code and bravely resuscitate the patients on her own. At least most of the time. Not all of the patients were so lucky. With the investigation opened, Kristen decided to leave the hospital to avoid any legal issues. But by that fall had checked herself into a psychiatric hospital on several different occasions, staying between 1 to 10 days each time, and on one of her many suicide attempts, confessed to James Perrault, "I did it. I did it. You wanted to know? I killed all those guys by injection." James went to the authorities and, in an attempt to throw off the investigation, Kristen called in a bomb threat. It wasn't long before the police linked the threat to Kristen Gilbert, and in January of 1998, she was tried and convicted of making the bomb threat and sentenced to 15 months in prison. Meanwhile, federal investigators continued to work on the potential murder case against her, and by November of 1998, had enough evidence to bring Kristen Gilbert to trial for the murders of Harry Hudden, Kenneth Cutting, and Edward Squira, as well as the attempted murder of Thomas Callahan and Angelo Vella. The following May, a charge was added for the murder of Stanley Jagodowski. Though these are the only murders she was definitively connected to, she is believed to be responsible for the deaths of more than 350 victims and for more than 300 medical emergencies. But like with most angels of death, it's impossible to know which died by her hands or by their own poor health. During her trial, Kristen's motive for murder was tossed back and forth with the prosecutors asserting that she used these emergency situations to impress James Peralt and others insisting she did it all for attention with William Botel, the psychiatrist who served as a chief at her hospital, theorizing that she created the emergencies to prove her proficiency as a nurse. Her true motives, though, remain a mystery. James ended up testifying against his girlfriend during her trial, as did Glenn Gilbert, while the defense claimed that the case should be dropped due to lack of evidence. As the case mounted against her, with reports detailing her violent past and her history of using poisons, the federal jury on March 14, 2001, convicted Kristen Gilbert on three counts of first-degree murder, one count of second-degree murder, and two counts of attempted murder. Though Massachusetts does not have capital punishment because the hospital she worked in was part of Veterans Affairs, her crimes were committed on federal property and thus subject to the death penalty. On March 26, 2001, the jury recommended life imprisonment, and the next day, the judge formally sentenced Kristen to four consecutive life terms in prison, plus 20 years without the possibility of parole. In July of 2003, Kristen Gilbert dropped her federal appeal for a new trial after a U.S. Supreme Court ruling allowed prosecutors to pursue the death penalty upon retrial. And she remains behind bars to this day. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on March 15th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it.